everyone. Um, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We're very blessed by the weather, which is very fortunate. Um, I'm the editor of Open Journal, and this is the start of our Open Journal High Density Happiness series of talks. Um, we're holding a series which will explore different elements of what it means to live in the inner city. And I think the contention is that high-density living is nowhere near a compromise that it's supposed how it's made, made out to be and how the perception of apartment living is seen to involve, especially in the current market, borrowed light, lack of natural air, um, small spaces, which I guess coined the term dog boxes. But there is an alternate design or an alternate option to pursue which involves apartment design that encompasses what, it, uh, I guess, a, um, spaces to live which yeah, are not a design compromise whatsoever. So tonight's conversation surrounds kind of urban communities. In the market, a lot of developers throw around the term placemaking quite flippantly. And about if you develop a building, you kind of can insert a pool and a gym. That will be your internal amenity. That will be your community and you can step away. Uh, a sale is banked and a developer will leave and there's no, not much thought given to what that community will become post-settlement or if uh, an authentic community can come from that. So I'm joined tonight by the director of Neo Metro, James Tutton, and by the community manager of Dumbo Feather, Madeline Lucas. And I think we're just going to start this conversation about what does make a community and how can a community be created that isn't a contrived tokenistic attempt. Um, so I'll start off with a term placemaking. Um, and what it means um, when it's building an existing community. Um, so both Dumbo Feather and Neo Metro are known for their unique and highly engaged followings. Um, so perhaps I'll start with you, Madeline. What, um, tell us about the Dumbo community and what, how would you describe them? What, what are the hallmarks of the community that you have? Well, hi, everyone. Um, my name is Madeline and I'm the community manager um, at Dumbo Feather and that means I look after our community. Um, uh, by doing events, hosting events most of the time, um, which is super exciting. The Dumbo Feather community are super engaged. They are um, they're looking for meaning and purpose in their lives and they, they know that they can come to us for that. I spoke to our assistant editor, Nathan, today about our community, what do you think they look like? And he said, I, I also think they're looking for an experience of beauty. Mm. And um, that was a really interesting kind of concept to me, I don't think about it like that. I always think it's about um, creating a safe space for, for people to come to and, and um, have hard conversations um, or fun conversations. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I think this community are really unique like that. They are they really want to engage with, with deep content, but they also want to experience beauty while they're doing that. So... You know, they're, they're readers, they're advocates, they're first followers, they're, they're people who live in the city, they're people who live in the country, they're from Australia, they're from overseas. So they're a bit of everything. Mm. And I think that, that feeling of experience and when you can create that is what kind of brings the community together. So from a near metro perspective... What is community? <laughs> how, how would you describe the near metro community and what are, what are the hallmarks of that? Um... I, I was just reflecting on the introductory comments. Sorry, I should introduce myself. I'm James from um, Neo Metro. Um, in terms of talking about apartment design, I felt like jumping in and saying there is light at the end of the tunnel, but that would have probably been completely inappropriate in terms of talking about natural light to apartments. But um, <laughs> uh, coming back to um, 
the question, uh, I think that, you know, there are certain things which are very obviously essential to human happiness and uh, well-being. And some of those, if you look in a hierarchical sense, there's food, there's shelter, um, and, you know, jumping down from there, there's kind of sexual engagement and positive well-being aspects of one's life. Uh, but uh, a sense of community and participation uh, with other people is a uh, is a critical thing, uh, but because it's quite often not well defined, uh, it kind of drops off our radar. And I think uh, Australia as a country kind of goes through these, um, and it's not this simplistic, except these kind of ebbs of, um, you know, great, great materialism, and then kind of uh, a thing like a GFC recalibrates us back towards uh, something where we probably have um, a slightly more spiritual outlook in terms of what we want from life. Uh, but I, I think, truth be told, there's somewhere in the middle where a, a sense of belonging uh, to a group and having a sense of kind of camaraderie, which is above and beyond uh, one's own existence is a, an essential aspect to uh, community. And I, I think, uh, you know, we touch on the term placemaking. Uh, placemaking, I think, for a lot of developers is a way to get a lot of, you know, foot traffic into shopping centres and, and turn urban infill sites into places where people historically didn't want to buy apartments and make them buy apartments. And uh, I think that's a really dangerous notion of um, placemaking, because placemaking, certainly in my mind, is a, a means of using built form to create something which then brings people together in, a, in an emotional sense. And all you're doing is trying to ignite a fire, and to a certain extent, because it is built form, you're creating something which can't be destroyed easily, which naturally leads people to come together. And for me, that's kind of important to community and placemaking. Mm. Because from a, a, obviously Neo Metro from a built form perspective and Dumbo from an editorial and uh, editorialist perspective and creating your own audience, um, why is having a community important to an individual and especially within the city where you know you would see a lot of people be much more devoted to their phones than to their friends? How? Why do you think that sense of community and kind of bringing people out and connecting people is important? Uh, I mean, I think it's important because it's all we've got. Your community's all you've got. And um, we talk a lot at Dumbo, I talk a lot about in my personal life too, how it takes a village um, to do anything. You need the support from others. And we experience the same thing at, at Dumbo Feather. People are coming because they want to, to, to meet like-minded individuals and people who have similar values and belief structures that they do. It's, it's so important for humans. And I think as an individual, um, living in a city, you know, community is important because it's what you hold on to. That's, well, that's why we're here tonight, right? And it's why we all sit together in a space that's being held by particular people or organisations. And it's something that we really look forward to. It's like, it's an event. It's something we do. We put on makeup and out we come. Um, and I think, you know, we talked about this today at work as well, like how is a city, a community? And I was doing a bit of reading on placemaking because I don't come from an architectural background, but luckily for me, my sister does. And I, I rang her after I um, found out I was doing this, and I said, "What? what I'm doing this thing about a space, place, space thingy." And she's like, "Placemaking?" I said, "Placemaking." And she's like, "Yeah, it's a thing." And she gave me a couple of readings to do, and I, I was reading Tim Creswell's, um, oh, what was it called? Um, an intro to placemaking, or an intro to place, or something like that. 
and he basically just talks about how placemaking gives a space meaning and I think that a city is just a collection of buildings and structures and forms and trams and whatever but placemaking gives it meaning and that is the community that that we are in the city and we're creating meaning there and that is how cities survive because there's community because we created meaning in those places mm. um would you have anything to add to that uh i i, I do but not from a um, built form perspective just putting my other hat on um with Smiling Mind, which is a not-for-profit, which a friend and I started, which teaches mindfulness meditation um, uh, to young people, uh, but primarily on a digital platform. So it, it's an app and a website and uh, exists in a physical sense in schools, but uh, largely uh, exists in you know, a digital uh, realm. And it's quite interesting because I, I think there's very much the uh, ability to build community and unity and support um, uh, not only with built form, but in a, a you know, building a tribe and a people uh, through, uh, without that built form, it can be uh, equally as important. And the mm. two, the two support each other. They're, they're not mutually exclusive things. But mm. I, I think it plays an important aspect of, um, of you know, creating community. And I suppose it's an obvious, but why why is the community so important for for a business? Why is it a community important for Neo Metro? Um, oh, I, this, I, I think there are two reasons. One is uh, I think we exist as a business, yes, to make money, and we're a, a very commercial enterprise. At the same time, um, we exist to do positive things from a community perspective, and some of those are um, not that well defined. I mean, try defining what contributing to a streetscape in built form so that in a hundred years time people walk down Smith Street and they go that's fantastic uh, but th that is a component of what's important to us uh, and then there is that very direct you know contribution to a community where you're doing a development you've got a vacant site you can bring in partners from a, a an arts perspective from an urban farming perspective and integrate them into uh, into a residential project so I, I think it is important to us because it's part of our DNA and part of our reason for existing is to do, you know, it sounds a bit twee, but do good in the world aside, uh, aside from just furnishing uh, our own pockets and paying the school fees, so to speak. And from a Dumbo Feather perspective, why is a community so important to your paper? Um, there, a community is important to Dumbo Feather in all aspects that the publication is. So we're also, so we're um, content, editorial, a magazine. Um, we're events and we, we also have quite a robust online presence too and you know the last couple of years we've really spent honing our community and, and really trying to nurture them with with content that that they want that they need and we've seen from doing that what you get back and it is insane people talk to us through all our channels all the time and they are helping to grow our business which is helping us to stay in business and it's so important because without them we've got nothing like our community is everything to us and even just us as a team at Dumbo Feather we're a community and for me they're everything to me in my role I can't do my job without them I can't carry a stage to set it up I can't you know just literally things like that but you know Diane, who looks after our advertising and partnerships, can't do her job alone. You know, we are all in it together. I support her 
you know, by putting on events for partners and then they, we do content for our partners and it just, you know, like it's a really tight, it's a tight knit community, but it, but it works. And I suppose both of you have been involved with respective businesses for a number of years now. James, have you noticed Neo Metro community develop in the time that you've been involved and have you seen any challenges to kind of maintaining or nurturing as it's, as years have gone on? Um, Which I think comes back to the concept of developers who do just up and leave and I, that's not Neo Metro's approach. No. Uh, what, oh, not, I think... Um, we're at this really interesting point at the moment whereby I think there have been, and I, I want to choose my words carefully because I don't want to be um, too cynical here, but I think there have been a lot of people in residential development who have presented um, particularly apartment buildings as having this design focus and um, quite often um, it can be a veneer and simply a tool by which to sell more apartments. And I think what we're seeing in the last little while is probably an injection of... Um, I guess reality in terms of buyers and um, an awareness uh, around what constitutes good design and when they're being told porkies by developers and um, you know I am a developer uh, and as I can say as an industry we do tell a lot of porkies and uh, I, I think that there has been that evolution of awareness from uh, buyers and that's nothing but a, a positive thing and it's also been I mean I've observed Dumbo uh, over um, uh, I first had a conversation about Dumbo when its previous owner, Kate, rang me up and said, can we have a coffee about 10 years ago? And it was quite interesting because Dumbo existed uh, under Kate's tenure purely as a publication. And then when uh, Dan and Barry bought it some years ago, it went from being a, uh, a magazine to something which was a lot more than a magazine. And you saw this transition to uh, effectively build a sense of community around it, which had multiple facets in terms of, you know, dinners, events, talks, um, an online presence. Uh, and, and really, you know, I, I think, um, and I'm not saying it wasn't uh, uh, something driven by love under Kate's tenure, but uh, under uh, Barry's stewardship, what evolved was something which was, you know, a lot broader than that. And I, I think you're just seeing the fruits of it now. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting to consider that both Dumbo and also um, Neo Metro are businesses which uh, exist for commercial reasons, but also exist with pretty clear kind of um, social and community imperatives in terms of what we do. So there's some commonality from that perspective, which I do think is relevant in terms of the businesses which are uh, better at building communities around them are those businesses with uh, a purpose which is beyond simply the financial. Hmm. Would you say you've seen any challenges in the past few years that you've been involved with Dumbo, or has it been smooth sailing in terms of community <laughs> getting better and better? Um, you know, there's always challenges. Um, you, in all aspects of your life, you can't be everything to everyone all the time. I mean, you just have to do your best. And people from the Dumbo Feather community are really discerning customers. And they will let you know when they're not happy with something, whether it's an advertising partner that they think doesn't suit your values and you know, it's happened and, and to be honest, they were right. And, you know, as a result, but it's all learning, right? And so you do that and then you move forward and you develop partnership principles. So if people don't tick particular boxes, they don't get to be a partner of Dumbo Feather. And that is, that's hard then, right? To grow a business because you've got to t turn some people away. And, and people are vocal and, and there's so many 
ways to communicate now in, in the community. So if someone's trying to be heard, you know, with you one-on-one or, you know, through the phone or through an email or whatever and they can't get to you, well, then they'll be on social media just telling you how it is. Um, so, I mean, there's always challenges with growing a community. But, you know, all those, all those experiences are, you know, they're equal parts good and bad, mm. but they always, always lead to growth. So I suppose from a, to consider a community from a, a broader perspective, um, Jane, what would you say the most important element of community is? Um, I, for, for me, I'd say like-mindedness without having a herd mentality. And it's a kind of fine line. It's, it's, it's like having a, um, uh, a marriage where be, both people have emotional independence, but there's enough commonality that there's a glue which holds things together. And uh, I, I think um, you know that's that's the key to enduring um, communities. Otherwise, they become you know run the risk of becoming fads, and that's that's not a that's not a positive thing um, either. And I, I yeah so yeah. And I suppose that'd be the same from Dumbo, considering it's been such a, a strong community which has endured for a number of years. Yeah, it's all people. It's just people. That's what we do. We tell people stories. <laughs> you know, there people are our community, and everyone has a story to tell. And and there's going to always be an audience who want to hear that story, or it resonates with them, or they they knew someone like that, or you know, for for us, yeah, it's it's people and their stories. Mm. And what would you say would be the key to to building a community? Oh, I think being really open to to what community might mean for you and for your business and that that is ever evolving and changing and growing and morphing and and rolling with that to a certain extent um and really at a really basic level just listening that's you can't grow a community if you don't listen Uh, you know people want to tell you things you, you know they want to tell you exactly what they need from you and you need to deliver that. It's, that's our role, like, mm. give the people what they want. Um, you know, and, and lots of people will ask the question, they don't listen. Mm. If you ask a question, you have to be prepared to hear the answer and you won't always like it, but it is important. And I suppose from a near metro perspective, building a community comes with a physical and a, and a much more emotional sense as well, but it would be the emotional that keeps it together. What would you say would be the key to building a community? Um, it sounds like an odd response, but I'm not really sure. Um, and because I, I think Neo Metro has a community in terms of the perceptions of Neo Metro as a brand, and then it has a community within the context of specific apartment developments. And uh, I think in terms of the latter, we're probably at a bit of a kind of... Um, major growth point where we're embarking on a a project in um, Brunswick whereby uh, talking about that you know placemaking and hard wiring into built form uh, things which are going to give people a a sense of place and commonality and bring people together this dual station in Brunswick is probably taking us um, to a new level of that and uh, you know I, I think it's probably a, a question I'd like to answer in two and a half years when that's built and there are 120 
residents in there and they're using the, um, the you know the outdoor performance space the community gardens you know the bike path is running through there etc etc then I think we'll have a better sense of what it means to be a community within one apartment building. How about when you have an existing community what would you say would be the key to, to strengthening that do you ever feel a pressure Madeline, from your perspective to, to do new things and to constantly provide a new offering to the audience? No, no, not at all. Um, when I first started at Dumbo Feather, we were in this quite unique position where the role of, of like a, a community manager who would run events was quite new for Dumbo and basically it was a, a playground for me and for the first 12 months I just got to try a whole heap of things and we did all sorts of stuff. We did floral workshops and we did art and craft with Becky Orpen and we did all these amazing things. And then at the end of the year, we were like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, that's not Dumbo Feather. That's not, you know, it's so nice. But that's not what we do. And what we do is have conversations with people. Let's, let's concentrate on the conversation. So what, what we do now is for Dumbo Feather events, basically, we just run Dumbo Feather conversations. We have our launch parties and other things, and we do partnered events. But for us, it all comes back to, you know, keeping the, the brand aligned across the channels. Mm. So in the print publication, we're having conversations. In real life, we're going to have conversations. Online, we're going to have conversations. So, no, no, no. I don't. I, there's no pressure to keep to keep doing new things or a new offering. It's about really refining the things that we do do and doing them to the best of our abilities and 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 really making them fly. I suppose. And I suppose from an existing community perspective. How about with Neo Metro when we've got a number of buildings which have settled over the years, we have residents which are a part of our community physically. Yeah. What efforts does Neo Metro use to kind of engage and continue to strengthen those the residents that we do already have? Um, I mean, I think Open Journal is a prime example of that, whereby, you know, we created something um, uh, which... I guess we saw as, as a, a way of very broadly bringing a community together online in terms of people who have bought apartments from us over the years, people who have inquired about apartments and so forth, and then just sharing our ideas and thinking with them. Um, I, I do think, just coming back to the point before of do, you know, I think as a residential developer we need to be, um, we need to constantly tweak and evolve. Uh, and. Um, you know, there is a kind of keeping true to your DNA aspect to it, but at the same time, if you're not evolutionary and willing to... Hello, Mr Buckingham. <laughs> uh, if you're not uh, evolving the whole time, then um, you get you get in trouble. And, you know, uh, just coming back to Smiling Mind, I'd make the observation that, um, you know, we've had a couple of... Um, uh, you know, missteps where uh, we've thought, right, let's try this. We're not quite sure it's true to who we are, etc. And it, it always bites you in the ass. Uh, you know, it, it, it does. And I was standing over there writing a, a, a mindful but firm and slightly terse email to someone. Um, uh, in, and it was a product of the, the back history to it was us kind of uh, getting, uh, you know, getting away from what was, what was you know, key and, um, you know, you run risks in, in, in doing that. You generally know when you're making a mistake, mm. but you turn off to it, it's my experience. So I suppose coming back to one of the introductory points about how a lot of community building is seen as incredibly contrived and tokenistic and if you have an intention of building a community and try too hard at it, it's obvious and communities will not form. So what, from Madeline, from your perspective, would be, I guess, the fine line between facilitating community and directing a community? 
I, th I really think that you can only facilitate a community. I think you can direct people to particular things, but I don't think once they're there, it's, it's not your role to direct people. I mean, you can't... You, I have read something recently that one of the greatest mistakes human beings make is that they believe that they're in control of anything at all. And I think being a director of something is kind of maybe a false sense of security a lot of the time. Like, I'm going to direct this thing and you, do, you, don't, you can't control it. Um, so I think if you can create a, a, a holding space for people to come to that is safe, beautiful, warm, inviting, and then you just let it go, you just see what happens, you know? Um, I think, you know, I, I, I would so much rather facilitate something, be a facilitator of something than the director of it. I, I think that once you start directing things, then you start that's when it gets contrived. And I just, and I'm getting way off topic here, but uh, I do think that's one of the challenges in terms of conventional religions over the last 50 years. You've had this situation where it's been very much a command and control, so trying to direct. And, you know, ultimately when, um, uh, you know, people want their own independence and they have their own brains and souls and thinking and uh, do move away from that and really uh, I, I think the, the you know the role of you know people who are contributing to society and being creative in society is to create the environment uh, in which things can grow and be nurtured and so forth as opposed to uh, just giving distinct direction it, it, it doesn't work in the long term that mm. model mm. Mm. as the director of neo Metro would you have a a comment on the difference between a directing and, and a facilitating and a community? Um, it, it's really... Uh, it, my comment would be that it, it's quite hard to do in um, built form because inherently um, there's very little in the way of reverse gear, right? You know, once the concrete's poured, the concrete's poured. Uh, but I, I take, for example, something like Jewel Station, where you're effectively handing the community aspects of the project over to the community. So they're not controlled by a body corporate, they're not controlled by the developer. They're, in fact, handed over to groups within the community to manage. Uh, that is, in my mind, from a developer's perspective, a prime example of being able to uh, give um, not give direction, but just give an environment in which things can, can prosper. Mm. Um, and then from that idea of, I guess, a naked intention to drive business through a contrived form of community, uh, more and more businesses are kind of engaging this content marketing tool and being very overt with their marketing. Um, what do you see as the, as the real value between a Dumbo Fair or an open journal whereby it's, it's not purely the intention? What, what do you mean? As in, it's, it's a content tool which isn't to drive a business, it's a content tool to provide for the community and it's not, in, not entirely to, yeah, to increase the sales volume so much. Okay. So I think Dumbo Feather is both. I think we are there to, to provide something really unique and beautiful and brilliant and meaningful for, for our community of, of individuals. Um, but we are also there to, to drive a business, but we are for profit and we're for purpose. So that's where we're, that's where we're different. And, and James can talk about this more um, as well, but both um, Neo Metro and Dumbo Feather are B Corps, um, which you might've heard of. It's basically business for good. Um, it's a certification process that I can assure you is extraordinarily rigorous because we just had to go through ours again. Every two years, you have to recertify and it's um, deeply 
time-consuming but really worth it. And it, it's a stamp of approval for your business to say that you are doing the best that you bloody well can for the people who work in your in your company, the people outside of the company and the environment. It's about creating impact within and without. Um, and I think that, that that is the business model that is going to work into as we move forward into the future because the old model's broken. Like what you can see going on over in there, big fat broken. Um, so, you know, we've got to start thinking about these things differently and, and I'm really proud that, that Dumbo Feather is doing that. Mm. But just coming back to that question, I, I think there is, um, you know, there are businesses with, you know, double, triple bottom line, whatever you may choose to call it. Um, and uh, I, I think when, uh, say, another developer, and, you know, we've seen this, we had a hysterical example of um, another developer in Sydney, literally, and I, I think, Laura, you saw this, where they, they took the copy from our um, website and copied it word for word, uh, but instead of um, saying 25 years, it had to say two years in terms of how long they'd been in business. But I, I, I do think um, that people, be it consumers of, of media and Dumbo Feather or apartment buyers with Neo Metro, can see the authenticity of a company which um, engages in content marketing with a general um, passion for what they're doing as opposed to actually using it as a tool to flog more magazines or flog more apartments. And I think people um, realise that at the point of contact with that, that brand, that organisation. Hmm. And then I guess final question from my perspective, um, what advice would you give to others who are, are seeking to build a community from scratch? Go hard or go home. Um, <laughs> Go with an open heart and and really one of the um, key sort of models that we work on at Dumbo Feather and that everyone who comes to work at Small Giants, our parent company, um, is this term enlightened hospitality. A man named Danny Meyer coined the term in his book Setting the Table and it's, he wrote it um, as a result of working in hospitality for a really long time. But basically has these sort of principles for enlightened hospitality and it's just to go above and beyond all the time. And you welcome everyone into your space as though it is your home, as though it is their home, whether that means, um, you know, offering them a cup of tea, sitting them somewhere comfortable, uh, inviting them to lunch, whatever it is that home means to you, create that. And I think, you know, we've got this big disconnect between home and work and everyone talks about work-life balance and everything, but what if you can, what if your workplace can be like as comfortable and safe as a home? It should be, actually, I think. Um, so I think, you know, you must work on, on your enlightened hospitality and that is the way to grow a community because they, they know it's authentic, they know it's real, you do it with heart and you mean it. And if you don't mean it, don't do it because people can tell and then they don't like it and then they don't like you. And then they don't buy your magazine or come to your events. Or buy your apartments for or that. Or buy matter. your apartments. Um, but I, I, I do, I mean, something was touched on there, which is that concept of having an, an open heart. And, you know, I don't think um, 
Uh, I don't think most developers approach the world in terms of saying, you know, a key to success is actually having a, a, an open heart and being receptive to the world. But, you know, I genuinely think that uh, whether or not you're publishing magazines, uh, manufacturing cars, designing software um, or selling apartments, that doing it with a, a, an open heart uh, and uh, a high level of empathy and awareness, um, it, you know, what you put out in the world comes back to you incredibly quickly and I think people have a view of karma as this kind of long-term rebirth thing um, whereby if you're really badly behaved you come back as a flea uh, and if you're really well behaved you come back as a, a, a god and um, that's not my view of the world. My view of the world is if you embrace it with an open heart, uh, very rapidly positive things come back to you and it, it, it's quite an immediate mechanism and you know talking about the uh, enlightened hospitality you know I think it's a it's an ethos which is incredibly valuable and um, when you know one starts applying it in their life uh, it, it has that immediate uh, karmic effect of, of the world kind of smiling back at you and that's not to say you might you might get hit by a bus <laughs> but you know generally speaking uh, with an open heart life does become a lot more positive at an individual level and also at a business level